Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Service for all brands of print equipment in your office? Yeah, Digitex does that. D I G I T E X dot C A on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. It is 134 in Edmonton. I can honestly tell you, I think this is the longest I have gone without seeing my play-by-play partner, Jack Michaels, since he has come to Edmonton. So it's been 10 years as we head off to the River Cree Resort Casino Hotline. And welcome back to the show, regular Friday contributor. Here during the pause, the one and only play-by-play voice of the Oilers, Jack Michaels. Jack, how are you doing? See, that's why you're always in such a good mood. That's <laughs> our boy Donnie Metz just saluting me, walking on the streets of Edmonton. Hopefully okay. John tunes in right now to Oilers now. Uh, but he's the bearded one. I just saw him. But uh, that's why, number one, you're in a great mood. And number two, you've made so many more friends. Oh, well, so you're obviously down... You're obviously downtown meeting somebody for lunch, and I'm sitting here out of the Stoffer home office uh, bagging out the show. Uh, you need a retractable roof on that office, Bob. It's a beautiful day in downtown Edmonton. I've actually spent more time in uh, on my patio outside uh, this year than ever before. Like, ser- seriously, I've, after every show, I decompress Jack for a half an hour. So, so there you have it. You've got a nice bronze going? Because I remember uh, decompressed for about 15 minutes in Fort Lauderdale Beach. Yeah, well, that was a little bit different. Uh, that was a good year, though. The winners had a good draft day that year. They got a pretty good player. Uh, they sure did. Hey, look, we just had Drew on the show, and I, I asked him a bit about, you know, a comparison to what he watched with the evolution of San Jose. So, you know, you're around the team on a day-to-day basis. Maybe educate the listeners your perspective on whether or not you thought it was different this year under Dave Tippett in terms, I don't know if it was a byproduct of Tippett and the staff, but did it feel different during the course of this season than in past years? I think that's the age-old question, what came first? You know, Tippett's changes or or the winning? You know, the, the, the confidence that comes from getting off to a better start. I mean, as you'll recall, Bob, you know, coming off the 2016-17 uh, season, the Oilers, you know, were ex- were expected to do great things and, and, you know, stumbled out of the gates. I think there were home losses to Ottawa and Carolina very early on that rocked the club's confidence and they, and they never really recovered. 
And then that stood in, in stark contrast to what happened at the start of 1819, where the team did get off to a reasonably good start. And then were was unable to you know withstand a, a little of you know the first taste of adversity and the and the season went sideways and that's where I think the structure that you've heard the players talk about that Dave Tippett implemented allowed them to get through that first taste of adversity when they didn't have it they went back to that structure that Tippett had put in that apparently, you know, was was on a more rock-solid foundation than previous incarnations because the Oilers didn't go in a kind of tailspin that we've seen them go into, certainly in our partnership, in eight of the previous nine years. We had seen that one sequence of games, Bob, whether it occurred in October or whether it occurred in January, where the Oilers' season would just go off the rails. Every year it would happen. This year, it never did. Uh, Edmonton did not lose. I, I think they lost three in a row one time where they didn't, where, where they went three games without getting a point. And that's the key as much as anything else, Bob. Everyone talks about, well, you need to go on a run. You need to go, you know, you need to win five or six in a row. And that's true. You do need a, a couple of winning streaks of four or more games to get into the postseason. But just as important is not you know, going two and three games coming up with no points. And that's what what killed the Oilers in in those previous years is they'd have long dry spells where they just didn't go anywhere in the standings. And this year, whether it was a point here or an upset win or a game they didn't deserve or a game the goalie stole, Edmonton was always able to stabilize itself before heading into a major slump. Jack Michaels joining us. Bob Stoffer with you on Oilers Now. Jack, it's interesting. A lot of people said, Bob, you know, when we get back up and running, because it looks like it, it's getting closer to coming to fruition. When we get back up and running, you know, can Edmonton get back to the level that, you know, the power play and the penalty kill? And I think there's so much skill, Jack, on the power play. I think they'll have a good chance to have a good power play. Maybe the penalty kill is a fair question. But I counter that by saying I don't know if we totally saw what all of the additions and the depth specifically up front uh, could mean to the hockey club. You know, there were times during the year's uh, season where the orders were a little slow. By the end of the season, Ken Holland had built a pretty fast uh, team. I'd like to get your thoughts on that. Do you think we really got to see the whole group gel together? No. I mean, we, we, Tyler Ennis was really the only guy that seemed to, you know, find his way regardless of whether he was in the lineup, uh, you know, on the top line or in the bottom six, I think Tyler Ennis kind of probably due to that, probably due to the fact that he was healthy, number one, and number two, he's a veteran who knows how to play in all situations. He was able to kind of find a, a consistency level in his game right away. Mike Green got hurt right away. So we don't really know what his impact is going to be. And Andreas Athanasiu had a strong first game, then a real tough two- or three-game sequence, and then he was starting to lay some blocks 
to get back to a certain level, I feel like, right when COVID happened. I think he was still kind of in the feeling out process of where his role on the team was going to be. So really, out of those three, you've basically got one and a half that are that are kind of feeling feeling where they're at. So uh, and and of course, when we restart, there's going to be no time. It's just going to be come as you are. And that's why I feel like uh, particularly Ennis and Green should be in good shape in terms of new additions to their team simply because they played a long time. I mean, you're talking about, you know, two guys with 20 plus years experience at the NHL level and particularly in Ennis's case, you know, kind of a utility guy. And even Mike Green now knows in, in the second half of his career, as you know, Bob, Mike Green knows that sometimes he's not going to have a ton of five-on-five minutes, but he's still going to be you know, called upon as a weapon, uh, particularly on the power play. So I think that'll help Edmonton bridge the gap in its adjustment to not only getting up and running, but also continuing the integration of, of the new weaponry that Ken Holland brought in at the deadline. Jack, do you think Leon Dreisettle will end up being voted the Hart Trophy winner? Absolutely. I mean, I, I thought that was a closed case a month and a half before the pause hit. I mean, I, I don't see any way, shape, or form. I, I don't really see another viable candidate out there where you could make two or three points that would start swaying me on any other opinion than then Leon Dreisaitl's the MVP, and I don't think it should be that close, quite frankly. Who else Who else is in the conversation? Nate McKinnon? McKinnon, maybe Panarin? Uh, I mean, Panarin is, on a, Panarin is on a team that would not have been in the postseason if right. it weren't for the, the extended format. I mean, I think we're grasping at straws as far as finding – realistic choices to potentially unseat uh, Leon Dreisaitl. Nate McKinnon's probably the closest guy, and I I still don't see it as really being that close. Not, not January 1 on. I mean, January 1, Leon Dreisaitl started pulling away from the field like Secretariat did in the 73 Belmont. We're joined by Jack Michaels, my play-by-play partner from the Oilers Radio Network. Bob Stoffer with you on Oilers Now. By the way, they just uh, had a replay of that the last couple days. It was the anniversary 37 years ago. 37? Yeah, 37 years ago. Hard to believe. No, 47. 47. 47. 47. We're getting old, partner. We are getting old. All right. Yes, Apoli Arby. I know you tweeted something out today. Um, we briefly hit on this yesterday, Jack, just the the fact that, uh, well, uh, I mean, one report never says never. Where are you at headspace-wise with the Army? How good of a player do you think he can be? Where do you think he's at, you know, realistically right now? And how open do you think the dialogue theoretically could be? And it's got to be a two-way street, I would assume. Well, I, you know, I've only really had to get the opportunity to know Ken Holland for five or six months, and then the pause hit. I don't think Ken Holland does not strike me as someone who would shut off dialogue. He's a pretty gregarious guy. And I think when yes is ready to talk about a potential return of the Oilers, Ken Holland, in addition to being gregarious and open and, and, and striking, strikingly honest in, in the dealings I've had with him, I also, he doesn't strike me 
you, you don't get anywhere in this business three decades plus, especially in management, as, as being a grudge holder. So if there were harsh words directed at Euler management, that was probably reserved for an earlier you know, management tenure. And even if it weren't, Ken Holland does not strike me as a guy who would, who would necessarily put a lot of stock into words that were uttered a year or more ago. So I've always felt like there was the possibility that Pooley Army uh, could and would return. I don't know what his upside is, but you know what, Bob? I'm, I'm the first to admit that after the first two looks at Kyler Yamamoto, I wasn't sure where he would end up as an NHL player. And, and look, I'm not saying he's a complete product now, but I did not anticipate the kind of impact he had on the Oilers for a solid two and a half months. So far be it for me to start predicting, you know, where Pooley Army is going to finish in terms of his NHL productivity. But I would remind everyone that he's a guy who's four months older than Kyler Yamamoto. He just turned 22 a couple of weeks ago. So this is a guy with a lot of tread left on the tire, not only in terms of his hockey development, but his development as a person. I mean, he, you know, he came to Edmonton as, as an 18-year-old kid, didn't speak the language. I mean, you know, you do your greatest maturing, I think, as a man between 18 and 22. So I feel like there's still a chance for Pugliarvi not only to be with the Oilers, but to be a productive player for Edmonton. And if he is, Bob, if he is, how startling would it be to suddenly realize that your bottom six right wingers are Zach Cassian and Josh Archibald and how frightening that could be in terms of a possibility for Edmonton's Western Conference rivals because for so long, depth was a major issue. And I still believe Pooley-Arvey has a chance to resolve some of the questions around that depth, especially at the right-wing position. Uh, I tend to agree with you. I mean, I, I sit here and look at, you know, we look at the core pieces for Edmonton. We go McDavid, Drysaddle, Nugent Hopkins. Those guys are three stone-cold mortal locks up front. And then on defense, Clefbaum and, and maybe Nurse. You know, all five of those guys, the winner drafted and developed prospects. Well, last year we saw Bear and Yamamoto make significant contributions. If they do it for another year, to me, you add those two guys. You get a Pulley in the mix, and if he can turn the corner here in his NHL career, look out. Now, I'm going to put you on the spot to conclude here, Jack. But it's, right. a it's a fun question. At 147 in Edmonton, Jack Michaels, a play-by-play -play voice of the Oilers Radio Network. So, we know you love sports. You and me have had literally thousands of conversations about this, but this situation has never arisen before with COVID. So when everything gets going again here, and we're going to take football out of the mix. So we're going to say, you know, end of July, early August, you got NBA, Major League Baseball, and international soccer. Which are you going to watch for sure when you're not doing hockey? And which is there no way and you know what you're going to be watching? Well, I'm not going to be watching soccer. So I guess NBA would be the – did I miss an option there? I'm certainly not going to be watching soccer. My brain might have inadvertently shut down as soon as you mentioned soccer. So if I didn't hear part of your question, it's because my, I just have that immediate averse reaction. 
I, can, I will find anything to do other than watching soccer. I can tell you my interest in baseball, and maybe it's a byproduct of what happened to the Montreal Expos back in 1994. I think that was the genesis. Bob, the, if you told the story, I mean, you're – that baseball needs to be consolidated in one very brief story. I have you told it on your show? No. Go for it. All right. You got a minute. I'm telling, I'm telling it right now, and I'll be very concise. Rare for me, I know. I took Bob to the Sky Dome four or five years ago on a beautiful day to see the Blue Jays. I made sure to secure fantastic seats along with the help of our colleague Gene Principe. It was the Blue Jays and Yankees, a titanic matchup when Toronto was just entering uh, the peak of its, of its run to an American League championship series. Bob consumed a package of Swedish fish. It took him one inning, and in the top of the second, he excused himself and said, I've had enough, boys, and he took off. I later caught a foul ball that day, but we were still in shock over Bob's departure after exactly one inning and approximately 17 minutes of actual time. Well, I lasted three innings at the Cardinals and the Cubs opening day weekend back in 2006, Jack. So there you have it. I I wasn't around for that, and I haven't found anyone to verify that either. All right. We can work on that. Jack, have a great weekend. Have a great weekend. You too, pal. Always a pleasure. That's Jack Michaels from the Oilers Radio Network. want to tell you now that the retail world is starting to reopen. Your friends at Brent Ridge Ford and Wetaska Winter hard at work. The entire inventory has been repriced to make it easier for you to get a new Ford. Get up to 18K off remaining 2019 F-350s, but hurry because there's only a few left. Plus, Mustangs, Escapes, Explorers, and even Rangers on sale. So let Uncle Milt, Rich, Johnny, and the gang at Brent Ridge Ford lend a hand by calling one 1- Eight seven seven four seven seven thirty six seventy three, or visit brentridge.com. We'll be back with this day in Oilers history when we wrap up the Friday edition of Oilers Now. Hi, this is Connor McDavid from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on 630 Chet. 153 in Edmonton, Royal Pizza, Pizza Pasta, and so much more. Edmonton owned and operated for over 50 years, and now Royal Pizza is offering curbside pickup and takeout options. For a menu and a list of their 13 Edmonton and area locations, go online at royalpizza.ca or download the Royal Pizza app from the App Store. Stoffer recommendation at Royal Pizza, the Mediterranean chicken. All right, uh, Brendan Escott, just before we go to this day in order's history, same question for you. NBA, Major League Baseball, soccer. What are you going to watch and what aren't you going to watch for sure? I am going to continue watching soccer. I am thrilled that soccer has stepped into more of the spotlight in Canada, so I am happy to come to your defense on that front, Bob. Uh, Baseball, in person, great sport. On TV, you're not going to catch me watching it very often, but uh, I find it interesting, as we were just having the conversation off air. I mean, Christian Pulisic is out of Jack's home state of Pennsylvania, is arguably the best player in U.S. soccer right now, and that's still not enough to win him over. So for all the family... It spreads on the Penguins. I think it's iron, ironic. To, to me, you know, Brandon, a bit of it, like baseball's a bit of a red-ass sport. You know what I mean? Like, it's kind of like there's just something about, like, even in terms of you've, you've got players making 20 million bucks. If they don't want to play, you know, if they can't pay me full, I'm just like, oh, man. Like, there's just, I don't have, it, it, and it started back in 1994. I really lost interest in 1994 after what happened to the Expos. I know the Blue Jays, you know, went on to go on a bit of a run, but I respectfully 
hey, we all have our different sports that we like and uh, don't like. Uh, to this day in Oilers history. Back in 2006, as we've been going to quite a bit lately, Sergei Samsonov opens the scoring, but Corey Stillman responds just 30 seconds later in the first period. And then Kamloops product, Mark Recchi beats UC Markkinen for the game winner at Rexall. That gave the Hurricanes a 3-1 series lead in the Stanley Cup final. By the way, the year we went to, uh, it was at the 2014 Combine, and that was in Toronto that year. So that was the last year the Combine was in T.O. I just wasn't into it, man. That's all I can tell you. Uh, Mournville, Joe says, Bob, what was going on? Where'd you go? Well, I, did, I think I met a buddy for a uh, drink somewhere uh, out later that night in Toronto. J.C., his Texas show, Bob, why are you not mentioning golf? What the heck? Uh, if you saw how badly I golfed, you'd understand why I wouldn't have. I mean, I was thinking team sports, uh, more specific as opposed to individual sports. Like anybody else, like I watch the Masters and, the, you know, the big four uh, championships every year. I, I don't profess to be a golf expert, and I might possibly be the worst golfer in the history of the city of Edmonton. So there you have it. Uh, we have Reed Wilkins tonight on Inside Sports. What's he got rolling with? Sounds like a fluid Friday show right now. Like a fluid Friday show. Uh, coming up on Money and Oilers now. Sportsnet play-by-play voice Chris Cuthbert, NHL insider John Shannon. Reed's going to make an appearance. We're working on one other guest as well for Monday. I will tell you up next, the global news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell, followed by the 6.30 chat afternoons with Jalen and I. Have a beautiful weekend, everybody. Shoots up through the stony ground. There's no room. Space to rent in this town, you're out of luck. And the reason that you had to care, the traffic is stuck. And you're not moving anywhere. You thought you found a friend to take you out of this place. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.